0: You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast episode number 28. Today we are honoring our best of series episode number 3 with Dr. Michelle Boland all about optimizing your performance and education. Are you ready? Let's get started. What's up, coach? Beverly Simpson here, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, and today we are Sharing the episode with Dr. Michelle Boland. This is our best of series where those of you who are new to the podcast, you get a chance to listen to some of our latest, greatest, and most downloaded episodes. And today, for our science episode, we are sharing Dr. Michelle Bolin's interview that we did all about how to optimize our education and how to implement our education inside of our business. And what I love about this episode is she really talks about how to hone in your critical thinking skills, which is really important. She's going to dive into that in a training that's coming up early in October, all about how to become a principle-based coach and how you can find your own coaching identity and really use your critical thinking skills, especially as you dive into learning more information and how you can implement these processes that you learn, but more importantly, how you can make them your own. So of course we will include that free masterclass inside of the show notes. So be sure to check that out and register and let us know what you think of this episode. And without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. Super excited to have a very special guest, Dr. Michelle Boland here, who is going to be talking to us all about how we can make the most out of our continuing education as professionals, coaches, trainers, clinicians. And I'm so excited to have her here. Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Definitely going to be a full-time listener on this.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to hear that, Doctor. This, so this is, I said right, episode number three. So I'm really excited. Right before we hit record, she says to me, "You're more nervous than me," and it's totally true. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lot. All right, so I want to just dive in. If you wouldn't mind, could you just share with us, tell us a little bit about who you are, your history, how you got to being so smart and uh, just share a little bit with us about your story.
1: Yeah, sure. So I was a collegiate level athlete. I was working towards a degree in nutrition, and I went through an experience that everyone should have of experiencing that profession and realizing that I absolutely had no desire to continue with it. Uh, I worked (laughs) underneath a dietitian at a hospital, and I just I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so I decided to go basically like the physical training route because I was just absolutely obsessed with the process of from when I tore my ACL in high school to you know getting on the college field again. And so I decided to go to Springfield College, where I went for a master's in strength conditioning and then a doctorate in exercise physiology. And then I ended up at a Collegiate D1 institution to be a head strength conditioning coach. Absolutely loved it. Loved working with athletes, especially that age group. It was phenomenal. And that's where I kind of really dived into kind of the hard skills. So, you know, working on learning more about programming, coaching, uh, biomechanics, exercise physiology in the practical setting instead of in a laboratory. And then I kind of had to transition and to get better at like soft skills when I went into the private sector. I became the director of education at a private facility. And now I currently own my own business called Michelle Bowen Training. I got to work on that name. It's not very original. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's where I really had to kind of transition my learning from, you know, the hard skills to the soft skills. And then also like into marketing and business in terms of like okay like I have what I believe in with training how I'm going to coach people but how can I convey that message to actually get clients that's that was a difficult transition for me
0: so what caused you to leave your job essentially and you know start your own practice or is that even the right word start your own you know your own business your own coaching program yeah i
1: guess i was working at a facility that i didn't truly believe in i didn't like working for someone else's like ideals or trying to make me something that i wasn't or wasn't allowing me to be the type of trainer or professional that i wanted to be I'm not a person who's going to kind of settle for something that I'm not truly enjoying. I found myself, I think there's a quote by like Bill Gates, God, I could totally be butchering this. And it's like, if you go to work for three days in a row and dread it, then you need to make like a change. It's something along those lines. But I was doing that every day for weeks. You know, it wasn't having to do with my clients. It was just having to do with like the environment and like the facility that I was currently at. I knew that I had the motivation and huge drive that I could do this on my own and I wouldn't be limiting. So the facility that I was at, you could only offer one flat rate for a 60 minute session. That's the only thing that you were allowed to present to a client. And for me, I felt like I was losing a lot of clients, wasn't able to like retain clients or offer them other services that they could benefit from, such as like currently I have like hybrid models. So like you could do remote training and maybe you can come see me a couple times a month in person and I could offer, you know, educational resources and I can offer um, full like remote coaching packages. So that's something that I really wanted to do. And so I kind of just went all in and did it.
0: I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, that's one of the things as a fitness manager in a big box gym, you know, we we treat people, we're not trying, you know, and we need to make our program recommendations based on their needs. And yet we're forced to be, you know, cookie cutter. This is what we're selling this and it becomes, you know, this person is a dollar sign and less
1: about actually solving the problem of the person 100 percent. it goes both ways too. it negatively affects the client and their goals mm-hmm. and then it also negatively affects the employee slash trainer because it becomes a volume-based service so you can only make the mm-hmm. income that you want to and the hours that you want to based on like how many sessions you can get in a day which also isn't healthy for the employee
0: oh absolutely they start to change tra- they start to trade dollar for hour and they start to think in that way as opposed to actually, you know, taking the time to assess an actual body and goals and needs and think of them as a person. Hundred exactly. percent and it
1: can a negative effect like your interactions with people, you know, if you're mm-hmm. kind of going down a bad path and it comes down to a decision of do you want to create a profession based around your lifestyle goals or like the opposite? Are you just having a profession that's dictating how you want to like how you're going to live your life and I think that's a decision mm-hmm. that every every professional needs to make
0: right I think and there's two things that I do want to ask you based on that but first when you say that you worked with athletes did you work with like a specific was there a specific
1: sport that you worked on yeah so when I worked in the collegiate setting was kind of like known as a hockey person. I just absolutely fell in love with like the hockey culture, their desire for off ice training. And the college that I was at was consistently in the top five nationally ranked teams in the country. And there was athletes on that team from all over the world on their national teams, you know, France, Sweden, things like that. And, uh, you don't don't have to motivate people at that level. Mm -hmm. And you learn deep, deep practical experience through interactions and coaching at that level. So that's what I absolutely love to do. Those are a great group of people. I also worked with the men's hockey team. And then I was also responsible for the women's rowing team and the field hockey team as my primary sports.
0: Oh, that's cool. So now that you're on your own, do you still primarily work with athletes at that level who do you primarily work with now so I
1: primarily work actually like kind of that was like kind of like the middle realm like 18 to 22 year olds now I kind of work with like the polar opposites of like (laughs) Uh, I still stay in contact with uh, those players and I still write for a hockey website and my goal is to work eventually again with a collegiate level ice hockey team whether that's like part-time or anything like that to stay in that capacity right now I work primarily my general population clients are 50 or older or like 15 and younger so right now I actually work with two um, middle school and high school level basketball players who are, are prospects at the collegiate level so kind of preparing them for the collegiate setting Cause I kind of know like, you know, what's going to be expected of them, um, what they're going to need to prepare for. That's cool.
0: And you also work with trainers. You also, you know, who also are similar, many are similar to, you know, you don't have to motivate them because t- typically they are hungry to learn, to get better. So you do train and teach a lot of coaches to be better coaches. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. A lot of my remote training clients, are physical therapists or uh, fellow trainers? And those are some of my favorite conversations that have because you know we actually talk about you know what's behind a program and what my thought process is. and they they' want to be like pretty involved in that. And those are those are probably definitely some of my um, favorite kind of you know interactions with people.
0: So going back to the two questions that I wanted to ask, since we were talking about, you know, breaking away from your typical gym, you know, setting into building your own business, I think, you know, two things happen, which is, is you know, which is a perfect lead into what we're going to talk about today, which is that on the one hand, when you are in that gym setting, it gets easy to kind of let go of that continued education because there's such a push essentially to look at a person as a dollar sign, you know, how many hours can I train you as opposed to, you know, let me actually help and serve this person and get them out of pain and get them moving better. And so I think that there is a, there isn't enough of a stance on continued education. So they, people tend to not care about it. So how are the, you know, that that's you know one component that i think that we can address but then also at the same time you've got people moving out of the gym and then they just don't know where to go like who do you turn to because at least when you're in that gym setting you've got each other to talk to and to learn from you know so how does one navigate the importance of continuing to sharpen the saw especially given that things change all
1: the time that's a great question so There's multiple factors to that. So one of the things is it depends on the facility. You know, some people say, at least you have other trainers. You can kind of bounce ideas off. Well, if it's a volume-based kind of facility, how much interaction are you actually having with other trainers when you're just working, you know, eight sessions in a row or 10 sessions in a row and you have to rush back to kind of take care of, like, your personal responsibilities? I think you know, one of the goals that people should have is interview the facility that you're going to work at just as much as they're interviewing you in relation to what kind of continuing education benefits are they giving you? Is that a part of the employee package? Do they provide maybe, you know, a budget around being able to support you um, going out to seminars and courses? Are they giving you education as a staff, are they prioritizing education within their facility? I think that's probably like the biggest key. You know, those conversations between fellow trainers are going to be so important. I think there's very high value for that. And then, yeah, the problem with when you go off on your own, where are you getting kind of trying to continue that I think, you know, if you're off on your own, you're a business and you should allocate resources towards growing your business. One of that one of the that component is education. So do you have a continuing education budget that you're giving to yourself? So setting aside money to maybe go to at least one or two courses a year. And it's not just about acquiring information. Can you actually take that information and make it useful, fill in gaps? of your knowledge, understanding, and business. A big part of that too is knowing what to learn. So if you're going off on your own, your education might transition to actually how to portray the message, marketing, business tactics. And that's really focused on reaching out and establishing a network. So you're not just kind of an isolated person. You have people to reach out to, um, you know, who to go to for resources. Um, So it's kind of just transitioning into maybe being spoon fed information through kind of when you're surrounded by other people to actually being able to identify where you need to improve your understanding and going out and uh, being able to do that successfully.
0: I love that you brought that up, that whole idea of getting a network and especially because, you know, the people that I work with, they tend to be the really smart trainers. And I feel like we get into this coach's curse where we feel like, you know, we always come from this. There's more to learn. There's a beginner's mindset. And so, so many, which is such a gift, but then so many people, they just don't go after it or they don't really recognize how much value that they can bring to their current clients or the people that they are trying to attract into their their business. So having a network is just so,
1: so important. Absolutely. And it it really is working backwards from something. So you kind of just mentioned like you know, the people who you want to work with. Well, can you identify the people who you want to attract or are you mm-hmm. just trying to throw out this net to kind of get everyone and anyone you can because your message won't be clear. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you have to know like the end game to be yeah. able to change your personality, build relationships and communicate based off that end goal.
0: Yeah. And something else that you said, I think is so important that I just want to reiterate, which is the fact that you said that, you know, do you even know what you want to continue to study? Like, what are you basing that information or the, that, you know, next certification or that next seminar on, are you basing it on your clients and, Trying to identify what it is they're struggling with so you want to learn more about it? Or are you just doing that because that's what you've been told you need to do, or you're just trying to tick off a box?
1: A hundred percent. It's like identifying gaps you need to fill in your understanding related to, you know, what's what am I having where am I failing with clients? Where am I having trouble with clients? What do you think is gonna be the best intervention to be able to get a better understanding of to address? And then it's also being able to be okay with stepping away from the hard skills. So for example, like, you know, it's okay not to be studying and learning things new about like program design and exercise selection and all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff's important, but you probably are at the point where you already know enough. It's developing maybe the soft skills of how to communicate better, how to use certain words and language with clients, how to, you know, step away and take time to learn about marketing and business and not necessarily the like craft of like coaching and programming and all that.
0: So what would you say is the you know number one or not maybe not number one, but like the top struggles that you have seen in your or in your business, with trainers who are navigating, with navigating this new, you know, building their business essentially, whether it's in the gym or out.
1: Um, I think it's kind of that word navigation is like the inability to navigate. I've seen a lot of trainers, and I think the biggest struggle that trainers have is just this constant consumption of information and bragging about how many seminars and things they go to but then they actually have no idea how to apply and uh, consolidate that information. Like Mm. where does that information fit in? How can you actually implement it into the setting that you're in? I think that's where a huge gap comes in with education. Ooh, that's so good. So what you're saying is that
0: you see them studying because they care about it, but then they can't implement it.
1: Yeah, exactly. They'll go to, you know weekend courses consistently whether it's they're paying for or their employee but then they come back and they're not able to explain their biggest takeaways or extract concepts that they can utilize within their own training. Mostly it starts from the inability to understand like what you stand for, what you value, because if you don't understand that you can't have a you don't have a place to put new information. Mm,
0: that's so good and so true so what what would you recommend what you typically recommend to those trainers that are or coaches that are
1: struggling with that uh spend more time consolidating information or if you acquire new information take time to sit down and think about where that information sits with what you're already doing I think this is where the academic system really fails us because we all you know, have degrees or go through at least a bachelor's degree, but we're not actually told like why it's important that we're doing things, why it's important that we write essays. What's the underlying reason? What are we trying to work for? And then what to do with that information. So they don't really give us learning skills. They kind of try to indirectly provide that, but it's it's, it's missed by a lot of people. And so I think it's really sitting down, even just learning how to learn. You know, there's great resources out there, such as like the book, Make It Stick. It provides kind of tips on how to navigate this world of like vast information, what to do with it. So I think it's actually not just taking in new information, it's sitting down and thinking about how you're actually going to use it, what it means. And then taking the time to say, okay, what's important to me? Um, What do I value in training? Who am I as a coach? And kind of developing your own identity instead of using other people's information to fulfill your own identity. And that's one of the biggest gaps or failures, I think, from the academic system is that they don't actually teach us learning skills. And so I think we have to step back. If we're people who value education, to be actual, take time into figuring out how to actually be better learners. So there's great resources called there's one book called Make It Stick that gives you kind of tips, helpful information, how to remember things better, and how to take information and apply it to your settings. I think those are probably the most important skills when it comes to continuing education because a lot of what I see with trainers I've previously stated this but it's going out and going to weekend seminars or seeing someone else you know on social media doing something and kind of just implementing it without an understanding and there's it kind of weans out after a while like you try something new you don't really get it so you don't find it important it's also being able to create your own identity. So are you going to these seminars and courses that are probably teaching some sort of system? And are you just embedding yourself in that system and trying to become it? Or do you have an understanding of who you are, what you value, what's important to you in terms of training your clients and developing your own identity? And can you just extract things that are gonna fill your gaps Improve your level of understanding. Improve your client's results from that information, and that's a huge skill that I think a lot of people um, lack. But I don't think it's their fault. I think it's just overall how we're educated as as a whole.
0: I think that's such an important point. I mean, one of the things too that you said is that you were talking about weekend seminars. But even to me, and in my opinion, that's a step up. I mean, I got my certification from a book like I just read a book and then I got I went and took a multiple choice test and that's how I all of a sudden then got deemed an assumed authority on human movement I think at least the weekend seminar is a step up but the truth and what I have found where I feel like the you know the academic system has failed us is that you don't learn how to swim by reading a book on swimming you have to get in the water and you have to try things out and like you said is that these what happens is that these trainers whether they're in or out of the gym is they go and take this seminar they learn it they try a few things but then they don't know what to do based on the information or based on the outcome of their own performance or their client's performance and then they're kind of just left waddling to their own devices thinking okay well you know, did it work or did it not work? And then there's just no, it's just kind of like an empty space to figure that out.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it, I think it really just comes down to understanding or thinking in an abstract way. So like overarching concepts and really that's a lot of it has to do with like model development. And what you're saying is basically like, there's multiple tiers when it comes to the learning process. At the bottom, it's understanding, remembering, and then you're getting into maybe the middle tier of applying. But the higher levels are creating, evaluating, and analyzing. And that's where like the fun happens. That's where like improvement, that's where the great people lie because they're creators. They can figure out if what they're doing is actually working or failing, and then kind of coming back full circle by remembering, understanding and learning new information and then embedding it into kind of modifying what they're doing. And so it kind of comes full circle. And that's really thinking abstractly in terms of like a model principles and elements. It's kind of like the things I talk about and then moving all that information and adding context to it by uh, creating systems. So this is systems is basically just, it's not like a rigid term. It's basically like the overall encompassing of like what you're doing with the people that you're working with. What are the strategies and methods that you are doing on a daily basis and models and like abstract thinking is just like where all this is coming from. Oh, I love that. And
0: honestly, you know, I'm smiling because I say the same, I say something very similar when it comes to marketing. Because marketing is all about guessing, testing, and then assessing, oh. right? That's exactly what I talked about. You have to assess and inside the num which is where I think many people miss the mark, mm-hmm. is that, you know, they just throw a whole bunch of like spaghetti on the wall and then to see what sticks, but they fail or they miss. Not it's not their fault, but they miss the fact that they need to assess what happened, and the numbers are going to be able to tell you where the pitfalls are, where your lessons are, where your successes are, and what to do next. And I think that people miss that they can't get to that if they can't understand what it is they're assessing.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's an important point that people like if you're not if you don't have the ability to do that because you know, one of the biggest things I've learned from you is that of like. I kind of just like threw things out there and was just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing something. <laughs> but it's like going back and analyzing like who's opening your things, who's mm-hmm. clicking, like is what you're writing addressing the message or like the transformation that you're trying to create. And that basically comes from who is doing that and then just trying to learn from that person or seeking them out. And that's a huge step.
0: Yes. And then also, you know, having that community because people come for content, but they stay for community and the support system and the network that is created. Like-minded attract like-minds. Absolutely. Part of the reason what caused you to create, you have that MBT strategy course and then also the group classroom, right?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. I've kind of gone through the academic system and I I feel like I've been able to identify where that fails in some aspects and then going to taking my own continuing education seriously, being around trainers who kind of talk about their biggest struggles through that process. I kind of took all those experiences and created a course of my own that helps trainers really consolidate information, identify who they want to be in this profession, and then provide them with learning skills and take them through how to create concepts to work from, and then create systems, methods, and strategies that fit into that. So like, you'll never get lost in information if you have that foundation. So it will allow you to have an underlying foundation. And now just moving forward, creating a trajectory in your education and career you'll be able to just fill gaps in you'll be able to kind of fit in new information and you'll just build new scaffolding without like becoming lost in this in this like vast crazy amount of information that you're being fed i think that's so good so true and such you i feel like a lot of people miss that yeah i it's just it's not another course that's giving you more training information and more you know, modalities to be able to use with their clients, it's stepping back from that and saying, okay, when I go out and learn more about that, how can I be better at extracting things that are more useful for me and my clients? So it's basically teaching you how to learn better in this industry.
0: And I think that's so good and so important.
1: First of all, uh, I want
0: to be very, or I guess last of all is the the, uh, way to say it, but I want to be very mindful of your time and thank you sincerely for joining me here. But if somebody wanted to learn more about you, where are you hanging out, where can I send people?
1: Perfect. Yeah, I'm very active on Instagram. That's where I put um, a lot of my content up. It's at dr.michelleboland and in my profile you can find like a wait list for my upcoming group classroom that I do for my strategy course so it's a much more personalized experience with a you know group of your peers and uh, you can also find um, some other things that I'm kind of doing on that platform
0: okay great and we'll i'll be sure to link all of those so I'll link the waitlist in the show notes I'll also link the Instagram profile in the show notes as well perfect good all right so I yeah I love the IG so I thank you so much for joining me I really appreciate it I really appreciate it. So if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, come say hi, tag us on Instagram, let us know that you listened to it and what your biggest takeaway was, because we definitely want to celebrate you for spending the time here with us today. So weird. I want to just like wave and say bye. Bye.